Hello, witches and wanderers. My name is Missa. And my name is Katie, and welcome to the Baby Witch Podcast. Hello, and welcome to part two of our um, Sabbath Wheel of the Year um, series. Uh, I'd say it's series, but it's really just part one and two. Um, Yeah, and we're just uh, recording these back to back. I know it's been two weeks since you last heard from us, but uh, yeah, we're going to jump right into it. How does that sound? I like it. We're really like we didn't even stop recording from the last episode. We're just going to hit this all at one time. (laughs) Yep, exactly. All right. So um, I believe the last one we did was Astara, which was the spring equinox. So the next one that we're going to do is Beltane, which is the cross quarter day between the spring equinox and the um, winter solstice. It is traditionally on May 1st. Um, It is celebrated as the second half of the pagan year, or it starts the second half of the pagan year. And it's the start of the light part of the year. So Samhain to Ostara is the dark part of the year. And then Beltane to Mabin is the light part of the year. Um, And it's also agriculturally, it's a time when you do all your planting. And it's also, in my experience, the start of the transition between spring and summer. So for me, living in Colorado, this is usually when we start getting our last snow of the year. Um... And uh, we, it starts to really, really warm up very, very quickly. All of a sudden, you start getting days in the 80s and 90s, and you just roll straight into summer. Um, it's also known as May Day, Walpurgis Knot, and it is associated with the Roman holiday of Floralia. And I would personally describe it as a nature-centered witchy Valentine's Day. And, <laughs> yep. And I say that because this holiday is very much about sex and romantic love. Um, That's because this is the season for many animals um, to be fertile and their mating season. And it's also the planting season and, you know, things start to grow, things start to gestate. Um, So naturally, it is mirrored in our pagan celebrations. Um, This is when the Earth's reproductive powers are at their peak. Um, and because of that, all, a lot of the rituals that you do this time of year are done or were traditionally done to increase the fertility of the land and ensure a good harvest. Um, this was traditionally a Celtic festival marking the beginning of summer and it's associated with fire. Um, Beltane actually means bright fire and it is possibly associated with the God Belinus or, um, the God Bel. I got both from different sources. Um, And this is also at the same time as the old Roman holiday of Floralia, which is associated with their goddess Flora. And then in the Wiccan wheel, this is the time when the god and goddess fuck, to put it very bluntly. Um, (laughs) Which we were talking before about how it's weird that it takes six weeks for the goddess to go from bride to getting married. Well, it's also weird that it takes six weeks for them to get married and then finally consummate their marriage. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, let's see what else. Oh, and also, um, a lot of these holidays mirror their opposite holiday. So for example, Samhain is the opposite of Beltane. Um, 
Yule is the opposite of Letha, etc. And because of that, there are some aspects of these holidays that that they share with their mirrored holiday. So for Beltane, um, they mirror Sam Samhain. Sorry, they mirror. I think I might have said Samhain earlier. Say it, Samhain. I don't care. Say no, it you want to say it. I meant to say Samhain. I'm just looking at it spelled out, and it's now getting late, and my brain is broken a little bit. Um, so it mirrors Samhain in that the veil was is thin, but it's not thin for the dead to come through as it does it, during Samhain. It's thin actually for um, fairies and deities and other spirits to come through. So um, yeah, so it's a very magical time of year. Um, so the colors associated with Beltane are green, blue, pink, purple, and red. The tarot card to work through for this time with during this time is the lovers. Um, the crystal correspondences are rose quartz, sapphire, red aventurite, um, amber, sunstone, and malachite. Um, good Beltane herbs are hawthorn, roses, wormwood, um, marigold. Um, some good foods to eat during Beltane are uh, just fresh fruit, green beans, edible flowers, uh, dairies, also big during this holiday. And you can also make green man cake. Um, and some good kind of more secular ways to celebrate are you can build a bonfire because this is the holiday of bright fire. Um, and you can maypole dance, which is very traditional. And I'm sure you've seen it. Um, I'm sure you've seen that done for like old timey May Day celebrations. Also have a date night. I also, I don't know. Have a date night as though it's Valentine's Day. I don't want to explicitly say go out and fuck, but that is what a lot of my resources said, is that this is a good day to just go out and fuck. Um, yeah, if you ha- use, like, sex magic or if you have a partner or you just like sex, this is a great yep, night to exactly. have sex. And then uh, also making a flower crown is big and leaving offerings for fairies is encouraged. Um and then there's a few different things that you can do for magic this time. I What I was reading is that it is generally a great time to do whatever magic your heart desires. It's a very potent time, and you can really work with it, work with it however you want to. That being said, um, it is a good time for divination. And there's actually a tradition of people using weather divination on this day, and they use the weather of Beltane as an indicator for how the harvest is going to be. So if it rains, it's very auspicious. But if, you know, it snows and it's frosty, then that's supposed to be bad luck. Um, And then I saw some specific spells because I was reading through a bunch of sources and a lot of them had suggestions for rituals you should do. Um, And all of them were just love magic. So that is encouraged. This is a great time to do love magic. I would encourage you, if you do love magic, to do self-love magic before you do magic um, to, uh, you know, draw a lover in. And also, I want to reiterate, to love magic responsibly and don't do anything that will alter people's free will. So, yeah. Yes, absolutely. So that's Beltane. Um, Missa, did you have anything you want to add? Yes. So in the last episode, we talked about how I got married at Imbolg. Um, my original like planned wedding date in my head was 
April 30th, 2016. Like that was for years. I was like, April 30th, 2016, I will have been with my partner for like seven years. Like it'll be perfect. Um, and then my sister planned her wedding for April 30th, 2015. I hadn't told her the wedding date. Like I had told maybe two people and my sister was not one of them. And I was like, no, I wanted April 30th. Um, I didn't want May 1st because it's um, actually the anniversary of my grandfather's death and then the birthday of my cousin's twin girls. So they were the first born in the next generation and they were born on May 1st. So I was like, I can't do May 1st, obviously, because that's got its own issues. But I had April 30th planned and it didn't work. So I was like, okay, well, I guess January 31st it is. Um, but then you'd also mentioned bonfires and there's a Beltane um, tradition to jump the bonfire to like leave. I, I don't know too much about the tradition, but it's like to leave the past behind you kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Um, and I've got a Wiccan coworker and we, someone had, was like raffling off a, uh, one of those outdoor fire pits. And she's like, oh, that's pretty low. I could probably clear that if I jumped it. And someone looked at her like, what are you talking about? And she and I just fell into a fit of giggles with our little like Beltane <laughs> joke. Well, bonfires are a theme in these summer holidays, but we will get to that in a little bit. So the next holiday is Letha. Um, I saw a few resources that said that all of the solstices were on the 21st of whatever month they were on. But um, I don't know. I always think that it's just whatever the actual solstice is. But yeah, so this is the summer solstice. So it's usually somewhere between June 20th and June 23rd. It is the longest day of the year. So the days get shorter after this. Um, this is when the energy of the sun is at its peak and the earth is fertile and crops are growing. It is also known as Midsummer or Midsommar. If you have seen that lovely movie that came out um, this past summer. And then it. <laughs> I'm so tempted to I watch know. it because I love I pagan shit. But I'm. I, I know. However. Things. So I also hate scary things and I would get, I have this thing that I do when there's a movie where I don't know if I want to watch it. I wait until there's a plot synopsis in Wikipedia and I just spoil it and watch it for myself. And the ending makes me want to watch it because the ending seems hilarious. And well, I heard it's kind of like a breakup, like some girl went through a bad breakup. And so it's just like getting back no, to her so, ex kind of no, thing. No, no, no. So she doesn't actually break up with it. him. She's in this crappy relationship with this guy that's a jerk and he brings her on this trip and then all the stuff starts happening and at the end well, okay should we not okay. spoil it i won't should we spoil, not spoil it, it but <laughs> it makes me want to watch it but also i don't do well with horror but also i don't know i might have to go watch it yeah okay. all right okay <laughs> all sorry and then this is going. also associated with the feast of saint john the baptist and i believe that that was um the christians attempt to try to bring it into their holiday system <laughs> um, so Letha is a Germanic holiday celebrating the solstice, and it was part of the ancient Germanic calendar. This is um, also seen in many of the megalithic monuments like Stonehenge. Specifically, um, there are some aspects of Stonehenge that line up during the summer solstice. Um, and fun fact about um, megalithic monuments um, and the spread of their culture is that a lot of people just associate them with um, English in the British Isles, but the reality is that this culture and the megalithic monuments can be found in Denmark and in Ireland and in France. And that culture was actually very spread out all across Europe. So this was um, more of a uniting force than we realize. Um, 
And then it also celebrates the triumph of the sun and or the green man. It is sacred to the Celtic goddess of Danu. And in Wicca, this is when the goddess is with child and the god embodies the father and is at his peak vitality. Um, and then I don't know if you want to, if you're interested in the Oak King and Holly King stuff, but I actually, so I read a source that like the Oak King comes into power on Yule and then is defeated by the Holly King on Letha. And then on, um, and then. Do you mean that opposite? No, no. The, the Yule no, King he, de he defeats the Holly the King at Yule and then the. And then the Oak King reigns until Letha. And then at Letha, the Holly King defeats the Oak King. The Oak King, rather. I have fully read it the opposite yeah, way. Yeah, I don't know. That's just what I read. It's weird. Um, and then there's also a lot of fae presence during this holiday. So Shakespeare was not making stuff up when he wrote A Midsummer's Night Dream. Um, And uh, the colors associated with Letha are green, yellow, gold, and red. Uh, the Sun Tarot card is a good card to work with this holiday. Um, corresponding crystals are emerald, jade, gold, sunstone, opal, and lapis lazuli. Um, and then some good herbs to work with are lavender, St. John's wort, oak, and rose. And then uh, foods that are good to eat this time of year are just anything fresh. So fresh vegetables, fresh fruit. Um, citrus is especially good this time of year. I also saw um, salmon is a good thing to eat. And I also saw iced tea. And I think that's because you can make sun teas, harvesting the sun to make your beverage. Um, My neighbor, it's so it's summer right now while we are recording this. Mm -hmm. My neighbor makes sun tea. At least I'm hoping it's sun tea like every single day. Like there's always a jar of what looks like sun tea on their front porch every day. Good for them. It like goes in at night, but like, dang, y'all are drinking a lot of tea. Well, I mean, <laughs> if you have a big family, you could go through a jar. I don't know how big no, a jar is. Just the two of them. Well, they're very nice people though. I love them. Okay. That's good. <laughs> and anyway, continue. Okay. All right. And then some... More secular ways to celebrate are to just be outside. It's when, you know, the sun is at its peak. Nature is alive and well. Just go be outside. Um, you could also have a picnic, have a bonfire again. Um, I read somewhere this is a holiday of fire and water. Um, and uh, because of that, you know, sw going swimming in a natural source of water like a lake or a river or the ocean is a good idea. Um and then you could also have a big party, and it is also encouraged to give fairy offerings. Um, making sun water, which is like making moon water, where you put crystals in a, in a glass of water, and you allow that water to sit and be charged with the sun's energy. That's a good thing to do. Um, candle magic is also very potent this during this holiday. But a lot of the rituals I was seeing are all about manifestation. So because if you think about it, you know, the sun is at its peak. It's kind of like the full moon. You know, magic is most potent. You can really manifest whatever you want. And it's also a good time to think about manifesting. Um, so, yeah. And yeah, absolutely. I, I also was thinking about it like the full moon um, in that 
during the full moon is a time that we like like to charge things like crystals and tarot cards and charge it and cleanse it and everything like that um but I like to use the summer solstice for that as well Mm -hmm. like charge it with the energy of the sun which you know you only get to do once a year you get to charge things with the full moon once a month Mm -hmm. so that's that's kind of what I like to do on the the summer solstice so the next one is Lugnasa and it's also known as Lamas but as I will tell as I will reveal um as we go forward uh, Lugnasa is actually probably the more accurate um, name, but I'll get into that. If you say Lamas anyway, it's, you know, whatever, whatever makes your heart sing, but um, I'll get into it into a bit. So this is celebrated on August 1st, and it is the time of the first harvest of the year. And to me, it always marks the start of summer waning into autumn. So it's after this point, you start seeing the days are getting shorter. It starts to get a little bit cooler as you get into the end of August and September. So, you know, the height of summer is over and it's starting to go into the cooler time of the year. Um, so, and it is also known as August Eve sometimes. So this was a Celtic holiday to celebrate the first harvest. Um, in its most recent incarnation, it was known as Lamas, which is Old English for loaf feast. It was a harvest holiday created by the early Christian church as a way or as an attempt to incorporate Lugasnad as into their ritual schedule. Um, so, so then we move on to Lugnasa because Lamas was, you know, the church's failed attempt to try to incorporate that into the Christian culture. So... Lugnasa itself was a very old festival celebrating the Celtic god, god Lu. Um, it, the name itself, uh, Lugnasa, means the marriage of Lu. It is traditionally when Lu fights the evil lord of blight for possession of the harvest. Um, although I've also saw other lore that Lu, you know, this was a celebration of Lu, and he asked that the holiday be dedicated to celebrating um one of a few dead women in his lives. Uh, some sources say his foster mother. Other sources say that he had two wives and they both died and he wants them to be celebrated. So I'm not entirely certain which is more accurate. Um, but then there's also evidence that Lugnasa itself um, was a incorporation of an even older holiday honoring the corn mother. So who knows how far back it goes, but it, it's kind of like a holiday built upon a holiday built upon a holiday. Um, yeah, a lot of these are. Yeah. Um, oh, and then for the, it's weird because a lot of the, the Wiccan thing I saw for this was that um, this is when the God sacrifices himself in order to ensure a better harvest. But then you said that the God mm-hmm. dies um on Samhain so I don't I don't know which is more accurate but yeah and I mean I think again because these holidays and traditions are so old like Mm -hmm. we've revived them um and so there are a lot of different kind of traditions and theories going around again we've got the green man and the sun god and the horn god and the holly king and the oak king there's just so many ways to phrase it out there that again witchcraft is for yourself Mm -hmm. So yep. do it for yourself. Yep. And maybe he sacrifices himself but doesn't die until uh Samhain, kind of like, you know, <laughs> we've got the 
the bride and then the marriage and then yeah the sex like yeah. all within a quarter yeah that could of the that year could very much be and this is the first of the harvest festivals and there's three harvest festivals so it could be you know he's starting yeah. to sacrifice himself and then like yeah i don't know it's interesting um and then uh good colors for this holiday are orange yellow green brown and bronze if you work with the tarot the wheel of fortune card is a good card to work with um and some crystals associated with uh, Lugnasa are carnelian, citrine, tiger's eye, peridot, amber, um, and yellow topaz. And then some good herbs or herbs. I guess herbs is the British. Ooh, you got British there. I know I did second. get British. <laughs> um, so some good herbs for this holiday. Um, basically any cereals or grains. Um, corn husks are also good. Sunflowers, calendula, mint, oak, um, mugwort. And then, um, you know, this is a harvest festival, so really no, uh, no foods are off limits. But uh, bread is very heavily associated with Lugnasa. Um, mead, corn, potatoes, nuts, rice, apples, pie, cobbler, and lamb again. Um, and then some more secular ways to celebrate are to bake bread. Baking bread is on a lot of lists. So I would encourage <laughs> you to bake bread if you feel so inclined. Um, but you could also make a corn husk doll. Also burning corn husk dolls or effigies is a thing as well. Um, and also harvesting anything from your garden. Like I grow a lot of herbs. So usually for Lugnasa, I you know, harvest a bunch of herbs out of my garden. Um, also, because uh, most people don't realize this, but the Celtics, they weren't actually just in the British Isles. They actually um, took over a large part of Europe, like modern day France and Spain and a lot of Central Europe, like um, Switzerland and Austria and Southern Germany. So the Celtic culture was actually really spread out. Um, and because of that, there are some mountains in the Alps that are associated with Lou. And, um, and because of that, some suggestions for good ways to celebrate Lou, uh, Lunasa are to climb a mountain. And then also because this is the celebration of the marriage of Lou, uh, this is a auspicious day to get married as well. Um, and then a lot of the specific rituals that I'm seeing for this holiday are to specifically manifest abundance. So Letha is manifesting whatever you want, um, but for this holiday, it's really focusing on manifesting abundance for the upcoming year. Um, yeah, and Missa, did you have anything you wanted to add? I think I did. And then I like, I forgot about it because you were talking so well. Oh, okay. um, I will say though that, so Lamas, um, I think a lot of people say Lamas instead of Lunasa just because it's easier to pronounce. Yeah. Again, it's a Celtic word. So you see it the way it's spelled. You're like, mm, I'm not even going to try that. Mm -hmm. um, but the, this year it's, it's the uh, Sabbath that we've celebrated most recently when we're recording this. Mm -hmm. I got some corn chowder in a bread bowl from Panera and that was how I celebrated it. and it was so like perfect I was like how does Panera just know like how to feed my witchy soul and my witchy belly mm -hmm. 
So there's a lot of ways to like celebrate these without really going out of your way, especially if you're just starting out and you're like, I don't have an altar. I don't have all those crystals. I don't have all this freaking, if you've got a Panera, you can get corn chowder in a bread bowl and it's the perfect mm-hmm. Lunasa meal. Mm-hmm. Or just go sit outside for even 10 minutes and just connect with what is going on in your world that time of year. So, yeah. All right. And then the last holiday that finishes off our Wheel of the Year is Mabin. Um, This is the autumnal equinox. So it's sometime between September 20th and 23rd. Um, It is when the days and nights are equal and it is the start of autumn. Um, and then I didn't really see any alternate holidays or alternate names for this, but in my head, I very heavily associate this with Thanksgiving, which I consider to be a fantastic thing because Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday because all you do. Yeah. Well, and it's also, oh, go ahead. Well, because for me, it's like you just get together with your loved ones and you cook a bunch of really great food and you get to eat a lot and there's no expectations of presents or anything like that. It's just celebrating and having a good meal with your loved ones. And yeah. Yeah. I've always heard of Mabon um, referred to as the witch's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, if you want to associate it with a secular holiday, go for Thanksgiving. Um, but Traditionally, this holiday celebrates the second harvest, and um, and it is a holiday of literally giving thanks for what you have received in the last year, um, but it is also associated, because you're going into fall and you're going into the time where everything starts dying, it's associated with purification, aging, and death. Um, so it's kind of like that two-sided coin. You're celebrating, but you're also, you know, you're kind of celebrating a little hard because you're going into a time where things will not be as abundant. And then um, it's an old Germanic holiday and it's associated with Mabin, who is a hunting deity. Um, and if you uh, follow the Greek pantheon, this is the time when Persephone returns to Hades. And because of that, this Mabin is heavily associated with Demeter as well. Um, and in Wicca, Going back to the is the is the god alive or dead thing. Um, <laughs> the thing I saw it didn't even mention the god when I saw this. When I was doing research on this, it just said it's the time when the goddess is a widow and she's transitioning into being a crone. So she's no longer a mother; she's transitioning into becoming a crone. Um, oh, that's goals! I want to be a crone so bad. I know it's going to be great. Just let your hair go white and. <laughs> you know, stand on a porch and yell at children. It, it's going to be lovely. Um, and then uh, colors to work with during Mabin are red, maroon, orange, brown, and gold. Um, it is associated with the Ten of Pentacles tarot card. Um, some good crystals to work with are yellow agate, uh, lapis lazuli, sapphire, carnelian, amber, and tiger's eye. Um, Amber, Tiger's Eye, and Carnelian came come up a lot during these, uh, you know, Letha to Mabin times. So those might just be good summertime or harvest time uh, crystals. And then the herbs associated with uh, Mabin are honeysuckle, marigold, 
milkweed, cedar, pine, oak, acorns, fern, myrrh, tobacco, and thistle. Um, Maven, you know, it's also harvest festival, so you can eat a lot, and I would encourage you to just eat whatever you want and to your heart's content. Um, but some foods that are specifically associated with the holiday are bread, nuts, pomegranates, root vegetables, squash, turkey, and dolmas. Those are the Greek, um, I can't think of it, but they're uh, like a rice dumpling wrapped in a grape, grape leaf kind of. Um, they're, oh, okay. Yeah. They're really delicious. I would encourage everybody to eat them. Um, and then some uh, basic secular ways to celebrate um, Mabin are to harvest and dry herbs. Um, and the idea behind that is that you're harvesting them and drying them to prepare for the upcoming winter months when you won't be able to do that. Um, also just go outside and enjoy fall. It's a time of transition. Like go get a pumpkin spice latte, go enjoy the fall colors. Like it's, it's time to be basic basically. Um, and then, uh, trees are very sacred. So go hang out with a tree. Um, you can generally prepare for winter, Cornucopias are a symbol of Maven, so you can weave a cornucopia. I would personally suggest, ha like, have a bunch of people over and have Thanksgiving dinner, um, make apple cider, and also watch a scary movie. And then a lot of what the magic I saw for Maven is, is, uh, sorry, that was said very roundaboutly, but um, a lot of the magic for Maven is asking for blessings and protection heading into the fall. So it's kind of celebrating the harvest, but it is also looking forward to the upcoming dying months and asking for protection and blessings heading into those more difficult months. Um, yeah. So that's all I really had to say. Missa, did you want to add anything? So I celebrate Mabin every year by having my first pumpkin spice latte of the season. And they are coming out with those things earlier and earlier every year. And it's so hard, especially like everyone at work will be drinking pumpkin spice lattes and like, hey, do you want me to like run to Starbucks and get a pumpkin spice latte? And I was like, no, I have to wait until the first day of fall. It's my tradition. <laughs> and one of my coworkers actually came to work with a pumpkin muffin that she'd made. Like one of her kids had asked her to make pumpkin muffins. And she was like, I had extra... And I brought one for you, but I know that you don't eat pumpkin until the first day of fall. So if you don't want to eat it, I won't be offended. And you know what? I gobbled that shit down. So <laughs> you could just, it wasn't a PSL. It's fine. Yeah. You can just save the pumpkin spice lattes. Everything else can be fair game. Yeah. And I don't always go to Starbucks. Like I'll make a pumpkin spice latte at home. I get like the pumpkin spice syrup and mm -hmm. I try to be financially responsible and not spend all my money mm -hmm. at corporations. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not a fan of pumpkin spice, but I believe I am in the minority there. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, is that it? Or. I think so. Did we get through all eight Sabbaths? It didn't take as long as I thought. I'm much more long winded than you though. So you kind of like wrapped it up in this episode. But we did it. Yay. Yay. Wow. Now we just have to decide what we're going to talk about next. And you guys can help. I got to stop saying you guys, you all, whatever your gender identity or non-identity is, um, can help us decide. Send us tweets, send us, uh, you know, posts or post on our Instagram or send us email. Um, 
letting us know what you want to hear about. We have our own lists of what we want to talk about, but you know, if there's something pressing that you've all been interested in that you want to know more about, or, you know, where to start with something, let us know we'd be happy to, to research it for you and, and talk about it on the next episode. Yeah. Oh, and that's my cat. <laughs> One day. So Ooh. I know. Well, he's, he is currently dying of cancer. It's very sad. So eventually we will appreciate the fact that we can hear his meows in the background of these episodes, but yeah. Yeah. So Katie's cat is a black cat named mm-hmm. Boo. And he is how old now? He is 16. Um, I actually meant to talk about this during our, our intro episode, but I forgot. So part of like what made me feel super witchy is I inherited this cat from my aunt who passed away. Um, and for a while I'd be like, well, you know, I'm not really a witch, but also I follow the wheel of the year and I have this, you know, these statues of goddesses and I have a black cat. So that kind of makes me a witch. And it like is kind of what eventually drew me into like being more serious about witchcraft but yeah yeah and the fact that he was like inherited from your great aunt so mm-hmm. katie's great aunt um is like who i want to be in life so she didn't have kids of her own correct yeah she had no bio kids and she just kind of she married a guy who was like 30 or 40 years older than her and got a lot of That's money from that yeah she's she's smart but yeah she was always just like the rich aunt that all like my mom and a lot of people went to go visit when they were kids and Um, when she was, uh, passing away, she lived in California and I was the only relative who lived really close to her. So when she was passing away, she was freaking out about what was going to happen to her cat. And I was like, well, I'll, uh, I'll take the cat, cat aunt June. And then, um, you know, she, I think she went in hospice and she ended up living like a full year, whereas traditionally hospice, um, I believe it's, they anticipate you dying within the next six months. Um, Mm-hmm. So in the meantime, I like moved back to Colorado and um, I kept on asking like, well, am I still getting the cat? And my mom kept telling me, no, no, no. She's figured out other plans. And then lo and behold, my aunt passed away and I got a cat. <laughs> so. Yeah. But yeah, that's, I mean, I would just, so the, I'm obsessed with the, the crone archetype. Mm-hmm. And so just this like little old woman that lives alone with her cat that like, but is still kind of the matriarch of the family. Like, you know, it has all these nieces and nephews and grand nieces and grand nephews that like come to her and spend time with her. I just, I love that imagery. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. So I think that's everything that we have. This ends our two part wheel of the year series. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be coming back to you in two weeks um, on the next magical Monday topic TBD. Katie, mm-hmm. is there anything else you wanted to add before we close yeah, this out? Just, you know, we are still learning ourselves. So if there's anything that we should be aware of or anything that um, you want to discuss with us, feel free to reach out to us. The best way to do that is through email. Um, the email is um, babywitchpod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on Instagram and Twitter at babywitchpod. Um, yeah. And we love you lots. And thanks for coming and listening. Yeah. Also, I should have mentioned this at the first part of the last episode and not the last part of this episode, but all of these holidays that we've just said are for the Northern Hemisphere. So if you live in the Southern Hemisphere, I know that there are practicing witches in, at least in like New Zealand and Australia. I don't know about all over the, I don't know a lot about other lower hemisphere or Southern Hemisphere 
practices, but um, just reverse them. So I find that fascinating. I meant to talk about that right at the beginning, but I want to know what it's like to celebrate uh, Samhain at the on May 1st and to celebrate Maybon and or not Maybon <laughs> to celebrate Beltane and Halloween simultaneously. That sounds fascinating. It does sound fascinating. But yeah, Although, so again, if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, just reverse the dates. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. And thanks for coming. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk to you in two weeks on the next Magical Monday. Bye. Mm-hmm.